1: And this is Seba Hassan, and I'm having my fifth snow day in a row today so you probably don't see this like it's like a party up here but I'm in my pajama bottoms down there because there is no point in getting dressed at this point of the day at the DMV area people are super weak in their their cold their cold accountabilities and their snow there's no um, there's snow acceptances and I can't it but you know my kids got three weeks of winter vacation and yeah. we are really living it up having really. the togetherness time <laughs> living it up here uh, in the Husson household so i know you've been crazy busy what have you been up to this week um i started a new book this week and I'm really excited. Writing it or no, reading it?
0: I know I suck. I still haven't gone back after that last edit, like crippled me I
1: to know. write the
0: book. And I, I don't know what to do. I think I just have to send it to you and you'll have to kick my butt and
1: like make yeah, me. Yeah, I'll it. read it. I'll read it. So let's yeah. send it to me. And you're going to hate it book though. That then, you are looking into,
0: uh, the book is called, fault well, lines. I'm nice about it.
1: Yeah. Ooh, maybe you'll be lines. Okay. You it yeah. So yes. have you read it before? I haven't, but I've heard it and I've even seen the, the picture, the title in like the picture of the book. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I've literally just started it.
0: Um, so I think I'm only on like chapter two, but um, okay. it's about uh, family estrangement. And I think that that's, uh, you know, well, so far, the premise of chapter one has been it's a really prevalent problem. Like a quarter of Americans have some kind of family estrangement or have experienced family estrangement. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of isolation, apparently, for people like there's so much shame and guilt behind it Mm -hmm. that um, they usually don't talk about it. So I'm thinking. Hello, podcast we talk series. about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about it um, because as everybody knows on some level, I, ha- I do that. I'm just being open um, about that, you know, because there are certain things that I'm willing to accept, um, whether you're blood related to me or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do go through period. I always say I go through blocking periods where I block people and then I... Um, kind of get to my right stage of mind and then slowly let people back in to the extent that I, but then I get burned every single time. So perhaps I will be reading this fault lines have and to letting send it people to you know when I'm how done. that is. Please send it to me when you're done. Yeah. But, um, you know, that is a huge thing. And part of the the reason why I think a lot of people are doing, I'm surprised to hear the number at 25%, um, because I would, I would actually expect it to be higher, to be honest with you, yeah. because what we're trying to do is break that, that, um, the trauma, be from being passed from generation to generation, mm-hmm. which kind of is where that estrangement or that familial estrangement actually um, is trying to do. It's not just you're annoying and I don't like you. And this, it's really about like severe trauma that people have experienced. So um, I'd be interested to see what the book is about. But yeah. I know that, you know, you are rate like you talk about our different things and perhaps this could be a soapbox on another day. But today... I'm very excited about this particular soapbox because I feel like I've read this article, and I would love for you to tell everybody about it. So this article is written by the
0: editor of Hot Hijab blog, Dilshad Ali, and I was very surprised. We love her; she's a good friend of ours, and you know, a cheerleader all the way for Mommy Muslim. So we really, really love that. Um, and I was really surprised to find out that you share some very important history with her. And that is your last names. And after the Gulf War, going through like all the teasing and stuff that happened after the Gulf War with Hussein. um, And uh, what she talks about in this article, which is titled, let me get to it, Raising My Kids to Be Unapologetic American Muslims. And I thought this was important as a soapbox because we're all trying to raise unapologetic Muslims. However, this is a new phenomenon. So what she talks about is like the three phases kind of, uh, of American Muslimism for American immigrants. So this is pretty specific to the immigrant population. The kids of the eighties and nineties where the job was just to assimilate, then the, um, Uh, after, you know, during the Gulf War period, the folks who were dealing with uh, kind of the rise of Islamophobia and all of the acts that happened um, kind of in and around 9-11 against Muslims. And now with these post-9-11 kids that we're raising, telling them, you're going to be as Muslim as you want to be, and you're going to wear it on your arm, and your name's going to be Muhammad, and we're going to start naming our kids Osama again, you know? So all kinds of things that You know, we wouldn't have thought about 20 years ago because we would have been too afraid. Like, our kids are not afraid anymore. Like, there was always fear in the prior two phases, but there isn't now. And, you know, just no matter what your setting is, whether you're living in Podunk America, no offense, Podunk America, or you're living in a very urban area, that we should be free to teach our kids now that whatever happened, we say this all the time on the podcast, wasn't their fault um, in terms of 9-11. So please, 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 kiddos, continue to wear your name on your sleeve, wear your identity on your sleeve, uh, live your life and your religion the way that you've been taught freely. Like actually believe in the constitution, you know, and actually believe that there are people there fighting for your right to uh, practice religious freedom and enjoy religious freedom. And the thing is our kids our kids sincerely believe it because they don't know otherwise. They never saw that transition that you and I did, Zeva, and that a lot of people in our generation saw as children of immigrants. So for them, it's actually a little bit easier. And when our kids are willing to go out and talk about Islam and willing to go out and present about Islam, we shouldn't be holding them back out of our own fear. Our job is to be those supportive, you know, uh, uh, Weights and structures for our kids to be the unapologetic Muslims that we strove to be. And we're kind of, um, uh, I'm saying the word not to be politically incorrect, but I think it's the appropriate word here. We were, re- our progress was retarded because of 9 11. And so we were kind of, we're a little bit stunted in our unapologetic Muslimism, but our kids aren't. So let's encourage them, give them wings, let them fly. And I thought that was a happy soapbox for today
1: that was you know because you always have these depressing soapboxes and then I'm like sad and and depressed your weekend sucks day. because of me and then I'm like oh she makes me drives me nuts but no this is actually really really good and funny having Hussein as the man, maiden name going to Hussein like, quite I frankly, didn't know in, her maiden name was Hussein I thought that was awesome yeah it, it didn't quite change but it, it really is an interesting concept and I feel like our children specifically because they don't have any actual ties to any other country right. even if their, and I think that that's part of the the reason is that they can fully embrace their American Muslim or Muslim American heritage. And I'm super excited to see where they go for good or for bad and let's support them. But you know, it is a new year, as we always say, and we always pray for everybody to have a blessed one, one free from pain and illness. Too bad. I've already had, I experienced the norovirus and COVID within the first week of January. But you know... It's good to maybe get it over with. So we we really hope and and pray that all of you guys are actually doing really well and you're healthy. And as moms, you know, we are constantly, constantly making um, this and so much more duas for our protection in hopes that one or more will stick because you never know what's going to stick and that our kids will become well-rounded adults and practicing Muslims. I mean, um, to that end, we launched 2022 with our moms of adult Muslim kids, because quite frankly, we want to kind of see what the future is going to bring. This has been requested by moms multiple times in the past, including ourselves, and we were able to create an entire series around it just for them and for me. And um, we are happy today to have one of my original mama friends. Like, I think I was newly married when I met her, and she had these two beautiful kids. And, you know, she's one of my OG friends from Chicago, Miss Joy Turner. Joy is an HR professional, and she is a mom of three, and she's been married for 20. 28 years to her husband Eben, whom I also adore. And she is here to school us on the ins and outs of running not only her staff, but her (laughs) household. And we welcome Joy. I am so excited to see you, even if it's not IRL. And welcome, Joy, to Mommy, Mom, Muslim. As-salamu Joy. It's so good to see you. I think the
0: last time we did the recording was just all over phone, right? Uh-huh. So we never got to see you on video. So yeah. this is super exciting for us. We like to kick off the podcast by asking our guests a little bit about their mom story and whatever they're comfortable sharing uh, about their kids and themselves, as well as their mommying philosophy.
2: Okay, so my
1: mom's story. Mm-hmm. What is my mom's story? She is an amazing one, by the way. How do really? you become a mom? Oh, I do. <laughs> really? you like, Remember your mom. two before and the one after? I mean, come on. That was like the best story you have to tell everybody. Tell us the story. Two before, one after. What do you mean? Remember, your two before you converted, oh. and then you had your Muslim baby. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And she has an amazing it, story. Because
2: being a mom, as you know, is so many... You look at it from over here. You look at it from over here. Yeah. It from over here yeah. It's like, what? I'm sorry, what? Um, it's a very
0: confusing question because everybody's like, how do... I synthesized that into one short, right. there's no synopsis of motherhood because exactly. it's an evolving <laughs>
2: process. I get it. Yeah. So I, I grew up Catholic. All right, so we'll start with that. Uh, I grew up in a relatively uh, religious household, uh, although we were not all Catholic. My grandmother and my sister were uh, Baptist. And uh, my brother out in California was a Southern Baptist, conservative, very Baptist, right-wing conservative church. Uh, pastor. Uh, my mother was very, very liberal, so I went to church wherever the car was going that Sunday. You know, so sometimes I went with my grandmother. If they were having a tea and I got to have some of those finger sandwiches after church, I'm like, I'm, yes, going, with, I'm going with my me. Uh, <laughs> Or if it was like a special Sunday at my mom's church where there was lots of singing, which I love church music, I would go with her. My sister also had a really great choir. So anyway, or I also went to Catholic school. So we had to go to Catholic church at least once a month. I don't know if it was a third or fourth Sunday, but whatever required Sunday we were supposed to be there. That's when I was there. Anyway, so I met my husband when I was about 18. And um, we got married relatively quickly. Uh, I was married by about 20. And I had my first daughter, and then a couple of years later we had uh, our son. And um, so he was raised, generally speaking, raised Muslim, right? I always say his his life was loosely based on Islam, um, where <laughs> they they went, they, they practiced, they, they did Ramadan, they did some fasting, um, but they weren't like regular mosque goers and all that kind of stuff. And then when he went away to college, <clears throat> he kind of got away from the practice, right? Uh, and then when we met and got together and had got married and had started having children, he's like, okay, I got to get serious about this. He made out a will. He, you know, connected with his dad. I don't know what those conversations looked like. I mean, he was never disconnected from his dad, but he consulted with his father about, you know, I've got these kids coming, you know, what's what should I do, whatever. Um, and so he started to practice again. And I was not, I've never been a religious person, right? <clears throat> and at the time... I've got these I've got this new little baby, right? I was not thinking. I was 20 years old. I was not thinking about religion. I'm just like, how can I get this girl to sleep through the night? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. nurse without giving me a ton of pain and, yeah. you know, t- allow me to 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 function as a as a normal human being with with the the sleep deprivation, whatever. So, for years it went on like that and then I had my son Noah at 22 and um for yeah, you know, he practiced. I didn't really, but I, I uh, agreed to allow them to go. He, you know, he was like, I really want them to grow up in a Muslim household, I want them to go to Muslim school or Islamic school. So at the time we were living in Michigan, within a couple of years, when it was time for them to uh, go to preschool and uh, kindergarten, we found a school here in Chicago, right outside of Chicago, called CPSA. Um, We agreed to let the kids go there. I met a wonderful group of people. Um, I did not think I was going to be accepted. I thought it was going to be really weird, but it was so not you know, mm-hmm. I went in, I had on my long maxi dress, no sleeves, you know, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: everybody welcomed me in with their Joe Bob's, with their hijabs, with whatever. Uh, they taught me how to cook a lot of Daisy style. I, I was introduced mm-hmm. uh, to Sean's seasoning packets, which, yes. Oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to turn down the heat. Uh, so I started making, I started uh, playing around with different recipes and anyway, that's another story. And they got to love me for my cooking skills. So that was really nice too. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And then in 2003, <clears throat> I went to ISNA for the very first time and because I had been struggling. I had, I had been struggling about mm-hmm. religion and should I convert? Do I need to convert? Is it necessary, right? I'm like, they got one Muslim parent. What do they need me for, right? <laughs> but I went to ISNA because it just didn't feel like me. Even though I've met these wonderful ladies at CPSA, <clears throat> they just, I'm like, I, I you know, and I, I, played around with wearing a hijab right and I put it on I'm like joy went away like that, that's not me yeah. I don't I don't know that girl with the hijab on so I was just like oh forget it I'll, I'll, I'll revisit later so I went to Isna and I'm looking around like oh my God. there are women here who look like me they had yeah. short sleeves they had tight jeans not tight but you know what I mean skinny jeans long shirts classy you know jewelry fendi bags i'm not a fendi bag girl but whatever (laughs) just the diversity the diversity of all these women i never thought a muslim woman could look like the women that i saw at isna Mm -hmm. and um it was at that time i was just like okay i can make this what i want it to be for me right uh within reason i'm like but i don't have to look a certain way in order to Mm -hmm. be muslim and so that 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 started my journey and within a day or so i uh I converted to Islam. And my son, Mansour, was born in June of 2004.
0: So in raising these, like, I guess for you, it's also like Zebo. you have these two sets of kids that were kind of raised, you know, and, and that happens, right, for all of us in our, again, evolving process and learning journey of motherhood. How did that look for you? Like, what, did, what philosophies do you think you applied to the first two
2: and then to Mansour? I think their upbringing was very similar. Um, Oh, okay. So Mansour ended up going to um, a school called Kendi. Also, well, they didn't call themselves an an Islamic school, although majority of the kids that went there were Muslim. But there Mm -hmm. were some uh, Chinese kids there. They spoke various languages. I want to say there were some Polish kids there, too. But small environment similar to CPSA. So they, you know, Amir and Noah went to CPSA. He went to Kendi for about the same amount of time, like two, three years. And then we brought them into the Naperville School District, which is, you know, has a really good program, which is why we moved out here. I'm like, we moved all the way to Naperville and we're paying for private school. Like, what's that all about? Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) um, so their upbringings were similar, somewhat sheltered, right? Like there were certain things they couldn't do or see on television and, you know, um, no, you can't go to the house party at your friend's house where the parents are not going to be there to supervise. Mm-hmm. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah. other than that, they they, drew, they up like everybody else. You know, I mean, the kids, they they pray with their father every single time. Like he's he's much better at it than I am, and I'm usually out and about, but he's very very um, I don't want to say rigid, but structured in terms of his prayer schedule. He, you know, stays on on track. So you know the kids always run to play uh, pray with dad uh, while I'm doing something else typically, yeah.
1: which is like the story of moms, right? Yeah. Like we we kind of have to, to. Which is why I feel like at least once a day for me that is my pre-fudger. That's my fudger like time is the when I pray for the sake of praying and not for the sake of getting it done because it's my only time where I can actually. Process it, do it, enjoy it, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the day. Because for the rest of the day, guess what? You're just checking the box, at least for me. And I'm not gonna lie, but you know, you do have the older kids. They're 28 and 26 now, which is kind of crazy and unreal for for me to even imagine. Because I remember you told me about when sore went at, either at my baby shower with my oldest. Or right after he was born, I I can't quite remember because he's a two thousand three baby, and I have to tell you, like with my two sets, granted they're being raised in a very similar way, but my how I um, interact with them is very different, and and I feel that way because. I always joke that my older two are my guinea pigs and I've learned what not to do. And I'm able to recreate and do things differently with my younger two. But you know, as they're getting older, I'm curious because I do have an adult child now, which is weird to say, considering he just texted me like five minutes before we started this, like, "Uh, could you help me find whatever? And I'm like, are you serious right now? But what are some of the challenges that you face, Um, with your adult children, because your role with them and your impact in their lives do change. So how do you one, what are some of the challenges and what are some of the blessings that have come with having adult children? Because that's what I'm really looking forward to.
2: Thank you so much for asking the question in that way because I just would have gone on and on for a half hour about how horrible... No, I'm kidding. No, they're not
1: horrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <No. laughs> like, this. it is a fun thing. It's a blessing. Like, no. they're your friends. They're their own people. <clears throat> it's like an amazing t- thing to watch, you know?
2: So one of the challenges... I'll say with my daughter, is um, she's a beautiful girl. She's she's beautiful. Mashallah, she really is. And she, on the inside and out, she has just got the biggest yeah. heart I have ever seen, aside from my mother. And I always say she's like my mini mom. Like my mom, <laughs> mini.
1: <laughs> she's
2: even more of my mother than I am, right? <clears throat> Aww. She's just so giving and so thoughtful. And to see her still single hurts my heart because I, I truly, I, I believe she deserves someone wonderful and i know that she mm-hmm. um, wants to be in a committed relationship and so she's you know she's doing what she can to to get there so that's definitely a challenge for me um
1: and is it because you started so early so that you feel <coughs> like she should be further along like no. what do you, where do you why do you feel that no. way no I just feel that way because I did find someone so young.
2: I wasn't trying to get married at 19. Exactly. I wasn't looking for a husband. I was just like, oh, he looks like a good one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And
0: why not? He, a, he, he looks like me. he's going to be a great dad with a nice butt.
2: You, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? Um, I, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, oh, my God, my, my husband's so hot. Like, he's so cute. Uh, I love my show. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: You're like, the fact that you could, you still think that's how many I years later? I love that. <laughs> oh my God. Don't tell
2: him. Don't tell him. I tell him all the time. <laughs> um, But no, but like, I know it sounds weird, but th- it's a thing. Like, my daughter, yeah. she's such a daddy's girl, right? She and I are very, very yeah. close. But, like, I know she would love to be married to someone similar to her dad, right? Yeah. Tall and strong and, you know, committed to his family and faithful. And, you know, he just he's just good. He's just good. Sure. Yeah. And sure. as much sure. to your point, a, a, few, a moment ago, <clears throat> that's the best thing I ever could have done for my children is, is find a wonderful father, father for them. He has been mm-hmm. such a great dad. Um, yeah. He's traveled a heck of a lot, but he's never missed a beat. Like, he's oh, he's know. always there for us all the time in every yeah. possible way. And so.
0: I hate to burst any bubbles, but, you know, what I was always taught growing up by my mom, and this is, like, your cynical immigrant mom, right? <laughs> so... Her dad was like, what you're describing, like my grandfather, you know, Allah grant him the highest level of jannah. He was not only handsome and hardworking, he basically, my grandmother was the son and he revolved around her, like his everything waking and after Allah was his wife because he had lost his mom um, to childbirth uh, when he was just 13. And like pregnant women scared the heck out of him because he was so afraid that his wife would die in childbirth that he only let her get pregnant three times and then he he basically worshiped the ground she walked on and he was a terrific father my grandma was the mean one and he was the one who'd be like okay i'm waking up the kids gotta sleep go to sleep you know so he was really sweet like that but my mom said you know oh i can't wait to marry somebody like baba and her mom was like oh Forget about that. He's like one in a million. You're never going to find anybody like that. Me. It's just it's, not even going to happen. He feels happen. like
2: a one of a kind. And he's so talented. Yeah. This is not about him. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for our yeah. daughter's
0: expectations and our expectations for our daughters, it's you know, I don't know. My mom always set me up for failure. <laughs> she was like, just don't even Aww. expect anything right. like that. Aww. You know, <laughs> she's like, I got the opposite of my dad. Right. And then I was like, well, that's good for me, because then maybe I'll get the opposite of my dad. A generation. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I feel like I got it. Alhamdulillah. So I don't know. Let's see. But it, it's a matter of managing expectations for ourselves and our kids, too. And I don't know that I figured out how to do that. So we haven't even had this conversation with my daughter yet.
2: Yeah, I managing expectations is hard, especially when they get to be adults, because you see mm-hmm. them doing things, and it's just like you want to intervene, but they don't. They don't. They didn't listen to you when they were teenagers. You think mm-hmm. they're going to listen to you at twenty seven? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so I, I I I give my input every once in a while. You know, it's it's typically a disapproving nod of some kind, like, mm, really? Is that is
0: that what you are going to do? Yeah. Okay. I mean, to that end, as a mom, what's it like? Like. Because you're essentially watching the train wreck about to happen, like how do you not intervene uh
2: the strength of the prayer of of my in laws I think <laughs> kind of carries them yes. all through it's 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 nice to see, so I'm always really happy when um I hear good news from them, whatever it is, you know Noah got his first job like his first professional job over the summer. Uh, After a couple of bumps in the road, he missed out on one opportunity and, you know, didn't get another one, whatever. And he, you know, he was starting to feel a little dejected and all that. But it was like two, three months. I'm like, dude, relax. (laughs) Relax. It'll be okay. But, uh, and then with Mansour, challenges with him. So Mansour is 17 and um, he's almost like an only child because Amir and Noah really are grown
1: and gone. And he misses them. But how do you respond to him differently than perhaps you responded or reacted to Amira and Noah at the same age? Because there is um, quite a bit of an age difference between your number two and three.
2: And so Noah has been, he's become the counselor for the family.
1: I'm like, really, Noah? That's the middle middle child, though. That's the role. They're kind of like the mediator. Not too long ago, I was having an
2: argument with Mansour. About not doing, you know, or I was fussing at him about not doing something—college applications, homework, something. Oh
1: my God, it's a nightmare. Uh-huh. We're in the same I'm like, process Why right is this so it darn is a hard? Nightmare. I even made an Excel spreadsheet with
2: all the different categories. Do this, yeah. This, this, this. I'm like, does everybody Guys have the same Excel? He's in a pod. Don't start. Don't start. We're gonna get to blessings. We're gonna get to blessings. I swear. Yes. Exactly. I mean, but you know, Noah came up out of the basement and he was like, "Mom." you're saying the same things over and over and over. You did the same thing to me. You got to find a different way. I'm like, I'm sorry.
1: What? What? (laughs) What are you saying to me? But by the way, that is a blessing. One, he can come to you Mm -hmm. in a way that says, mom, let's back up. This is how we can do things differently. What? That is a blessing. It is. It is. Um, The fact that his um,
2: girlfriend is uh, a fourth year clinical psychology major. That helps. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Yeah. helpful. So, I know. I'm like, she She has done amazing things for this young man. I'm like, she's She's picking up where I left off. All the stuff that I didn't get to finish okay. with him, she's going to complete it, which but I think that's, is awesome. That's, I love yeah. that. Um, but anyway, so he intervened and I modified my tone. I was like, okay. And, you know, he, he stayed for maybe 20, 30 minutes and kind of facilitated the conversation. Now, Mansour, what wow. do you have to say? Mom, do you have anything? I'm like, you know. It was very effective, We're though. I, I I will say, I will say. So that that's one of the blessings. Um, so my my reaction to things is not always ideal, but as I get older, I recognize my errors. I do. I I, I do my best to modify my behavior because I know the result. Right? Like I know, and I and I don't know how I became a yeller. I didn't grow up with yellers. My father never barely said a word. Um, And my mother never yelled ever. She was the most gentle person ever. Um, I she she mastered the the mom disappointing (laughs) you know head nod really look
1: really (laughs) joy
2: that's the guilt trip yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I wish I had more of her in me because I think it would have it would have saved a lot of grief Mm -hmm. because I think when we go nuclear, like we can be sometimes Yeah. yeah. I think it makes the situation worse um so but the
1: and they tune out they tune out right for sure. so really you're yelling and they're not receiving it anyway right. so then you're like my throat's hurting they're not receiving it what is the point point? and the, the college application still not
2: done the assignment yeah. is still not done exactly the, you know, all these different things are still in play right and it's like what did exactly. you gain from this so exactly the, the blessing i would say is um Learning lessons and you know, mm-hmm. s- maintaining a, a tighter bond as time goes on. Yes, because yes. we're all so invested, right? And to see my oldest son, my middle child, get involved in an, an argument with with, with me and my youngest, that lets me know he's he's con- he's still connected to us. He's still invested yes. in in the success of our family, which makes me feel good.
0: I didn't realize. You know, this kind of leads into one of the questions that I had later on was, what are the advantages of having these adult kids? Because it seems like, you know, it would be such a bad thing once they grow up. I mean, that's how I'm I'm thinking of it. That's my mindset right now, because I just don't know. But to have another adult who's still close enough to my younger kid's age to kind of perform that mediator role was not something that I considered. And to have him step up, that's so amazing. Yeah, no, I appreciate hearing that because now it's like, oh, how do I grow a mediator out of my middle one? So, with the two that are living out of your home. And for me as a type A wanting to control everything. What would what would you how would you tell me to slow my roll and put my seatbelt on and shut my mouth? Because if I find out that my kids are not doing something that they were raised not to do or um, just aren't living the way I, I thought that they should be living. What do I do? I mean, they're not under my supervision. Technically, they're grown adults, they can technically do whatever they want. So how do I manage my own thought process? And how do I manage my actions? Because I appreciate you saying don't go nuclear, because no going nuclear is the Joffrey way. So <laughs> I don't know anything else. How would I how would I not hit the red button?
2: Think about yourself when you were a uh... 17 18 25 year old right were you making mistakes did you do some things that you weren't quite
1: necessarily taught or proud of let's just say that our adult like my oldest is threatening to live at home okay and (laughs) i'm like i can't I was like, that's not happening. So let's just say, like, do you have any advice for... There are a lot of people right now, especially with COVID and a lot of these things that that are going on where a lot of our adult children are moving back within the house. So what kind of ground rules do you think you can recommend for everybody's sanity? Because quite frankly... It really is that. It's trying to create the sanity because they are their own adult individual people, but they are living in your own, your home because you have the rules. Like, what kind of advice do you give for those moms or those mamas that are allowing their adult children to move back into the house? Well, they have to contribute,
2: whether yes. financially, like doing that. chores... Um, And it's, you know, it's not chores like when they were five or 10. You're an adult now. You eat here. You sleep here. So you can sweep the floor. You can, you know, if you see something that needs to be done, do it. Right? I'm not going to assign you chores. But if that's necessary, then do that. Right? Like, I... Like Mansour, he's the youngest, uh, so he's in charge of trash, right? I'm not gonna touch the trash. I clean everything. Dad fixes everything. We buy everything. So you do the trash. He, you know, um, Noah has actually been staying with us too because I don't know if I, I think I told you over the summer he uh, tore his Achilles tendon. Yeah. And um, while he was healing, he was you know he's been at home, and so now he's he's pretty much back on his feet. Uh, he's, he's a literally, literally, right. <laughs> <clears throat> And he's going to be um, moving out in the next couple of months. But he's eager to move out. That's the difference. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. He, he's
1: like, I, I cannot. Wait. Right, right,
2: right. But until he does go, uh, we do. I do require him. You know, you need to contribute. If I need something from the store, you need to go get it. Right? Like, yeah. I, for some reason, they just they discovered uh, sparkling water, like flavored sparkling water this <laughs> year. And he <laughs> throws see. them back. Like, I'm
1: like. And you're like, wait a second.
2: He can drink it. That's a- for everybody. I know. It's like eight and a I think we can go through a case in like two days.
1: I know. So, like, so when you're
2: w- when you're driving by Target, uh, I'm gonna need you to pick up a blackberry
1: and a raspberry. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah, so this you, is our f- our uh, flavor. So I love that. So you're essentially saying they have to contribute. You have to clean up um, So what, how do you handle? How do you handle? Okay, curfew. Because I gotta tell you, the staying up. You know, mine is allowed to. Well. We're not talking about the parties and stuff right now because of COVID, but he does stay out. He has later curfew. And quite frankly, I can't wait for him to move out so I don't have to be up waiting for him to come home. So how do you handle adult children that, by the way, are adults in the curfew situation and the, coming in, the comings and the goings, that is what is stressing me out.
2: So in our case, I, we're actually a little kind of lucky. First of all, Noah has a full-time job. So he has to, you know, so he doesn't go out really. And if he does, he goes to his girlfriend's family's house because she lives with her family, Mm -hmm. not about 20 minutes, 10 minutes from us. Um, So if he's over there, he's usually home by like 10 or 11 at the latest because they're going to bed, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
1: They're like, (laughs) you need to get out.
2: (laughs) Well, um, you know, yeah. So, and he's not a partier or anything like that. Um, So we've been very lucky in that regard. Like we didn't even have to have the conversation, but I think... I I think that's one of those unspoken things. Like they should be cognizant of the fact that this is my parents home. Right. So I I should be thoughtful about my comings and goings. Right. And then inviting people over without any notice or whatever, like, okay, let the family know if you want to have people over, you know, let us know what room you're going to be in. So we'll designate that room for you. Um, Right. But I I just think having a, a clear communication. So if they don't, create that boundary for themselves you need to create it like if, if they're coming in at two I or agree. three o'clock in the morning it's like okay that's a little late like if you were on your own I would not even know about it but I really no. don't yeah. like you coming in at two or three o'clock in the morning and come to an agreement like what what's more reasonable and why do we have to be right. out till two o'clock in the morning? Like is that really
1: necessary? That's the point. <laughs> nothing good. Okay, let me tip for everybody listening, nothing good awkward, happens after eleven o'clock. Okay? It just it doesn't. It. And it's winter. It's cold. <laughs> do you want come to, home. Don't you wanna be home? Come home. So stop it. And in my case, nothing good happens after 9 p.m. Because <laughs> I'm in bed by 9 p.m. I'm not even going to lie. I totally agree with you. But no, I love, I love that. We're, we're, we're going to have to know, create seriously. some rules for your adult kids. Nothing good happens after 11. Come home. Well, it's, it's cold like and dark outside. Too, like, not you know, get after it off. Right.
0: Come and it, out. So that's what I kind of taught my kids. Yeah. It's like, by mother, we need to be home. I know that doesn't work when they're older. Definitely isn't going to work when they're adults. I mean, it didn't work for me. I stayed out. So, you know, it's
1: <coughs> Well, I even tell oh my daughter and in wintertime she- muggerups at four oh is not like
2: it's just not possible. I mean my daughter, she um she lives on her own. She's got her own apartment in the city. And, you know, when she tells me she's leaving, you know, we'll be on the phone at like 9 or or 10 o'clock at night. I'll be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to bed. She was like, okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm like, where are you going? Because we're always on FaceTime. I see she's got on makeup. She's got a hair. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Oh, it's my friend's birthday party, you know, at a restaurant. And
1: we're going, at 10 o'clock? Really? Yeah. And And see, that would stress me out. I'd be be like, no don't do that I want you at home safe and sound
2: exactly and so I always tell her I was like well you know can you text me when you get back in and she normally goes for like an hour and a half midnight midnight is usually about that's about her window because I don't think my kids are night people either <clears throat> I mean, okay, they're then. they're in their 20s. I have so they two can...
1: that are night owls that I literally wake up to text from them at 12, mm-hmm. 1, 2, and I'm like, oh my God, why are you still awake at that time of the day? Yeah, so I, I think... Life will teach them that they're going to
2: need some rest at some point. So sometimes we just have yes. to back off a little bit and allow natural consequences to to come into play. Because when when something really matters to them, whether it's a you know they'll do it right their education, their school, this paper, this assignment, you know a significant other, you know when that time comes, my suggestion is just think back to the times when you did it before and it mm-hmm. didn't work. And think about how you no. feel after, right? Whether you're cursing or fussing or yelling or screaming, it's no. like that just doesn't feel good for anybody. So I'm 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 talking myself into this because I know this, I know this, and I know there's gonna be another time when <clears throat> I'm gonna be very upset with one of my children. Um and so I just sometimes I just walk away and I'll be like, "You know what i I can't manage this right now. this is not working for me. That's my new phrase for everybody. This is not working for me, <laughs> so i'm gonna i love that. I'm gonna go and um uh, rest on it, think on it or or not think on it for about an hour, and I'll get back to you when I can Good. um yeah,
1: oh, I love that oh yeah,
2: that is that's my new thing because I just I don't want an ulcer, I don't want a migraine. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel guilty for saying or doing something exactly. that I did out of anger, right? Because I just that oh, doesn't well, work for anybody. I'm learning anybody. so much today. Oh, good crazy So, <laughs> man, I'm learning so much today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I, I mean I practice a lot of what I'm preaching, so to speak. Um, but it's not. It's, is it always consistent? Nope. I am human, um, but at the end of the day, I just I want good relationships with my children. I, I want them yeah. to stay close to me. I want them to confide in me. <clears throat> And I can honestly say my oldest two in particular have confided in me, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. so much in the last few years. <laughs> Noah. And sometimes you don't even want to know. Well. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I don't want to know, but uh-huh. it's, it's not really bad stuff. It's just, you know, like Noah, he'll yeah. say, mom, I'm so, the stuff I did when I was a teenager, I was like, don't tell me. He was like, I'm not. Aww. He was like, but I just want to apologize. Yeah. I just, you know, Aww. I just, I
1: was, I was not, I was not a good teenager. I'm like, yeah. really? What did you, Never mind." <laughs> Yeah, I I'm looking for that because we're in the throes of that, and I'm like, I really don't want to know, and I'm hoping to get to where you are because well, he protected, he shielded us. I didn't
2: do stuff. Whatever he did, I don't really know about. I mean, I obviously know about some stuff, um, but nothing right. that put him in jail, and the hospital, or covered. um, yeah. you know. Oh Lord! In, the, in well. <sighs> You know, he did have that accident. We talked about that last time. He had a terrible uh, car accident. He was in the car with some other boys, and one of the boys passed away. Mm -hmm. And Noah did end up in the hospital that night, and it was uh, a very, very challenging experience for a long time. But I think we're finally Mm -hmm. on the other side of
1: that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. But but that goes to show you too, like with the love and support that you provide you guys provided as a family and not being judgmental and to take it like I'm not ready to talk about this and taking a step back, he was able to kind of have that resilience and getting through such a hard time. And that's ultimately what we all want as parents, right, right. is is that opportunity to provide a space for them that, you know, they're not all going to be perfect. They're not all going to make the right choices. They're, they're not all going to do the right things. But to, to create a space for them to be able to come back from all of that and say, I'm really sorry that I put you through that, you guys have done something well right but you know if you've listened to the podcast before i get an opportunity to get to know you on a deeper level and we're going to do a rapid fire um segment where you i'm going to ask questions you tell me what's off the top of your mind whatever it happens to be this is going to set 90 seconds on the clock she is ready okay so if you were going to eat one meal for the rest of your life what would that be
2: Ooh, something Thai. Thai food. Ooh. I love Thai food. Oh you a red curry. Thai curry. It's the number
0: 27 at my oh. favorite Thai restaurant. It's a red yes. curry. I just don't know the name.
1: <laughs> oh my god, now you're making me hungry. I haven't <laughs> eaten yet. So what is the one thing that surprises people the most about you?
2: Oh. Um
0: that you have adult children, I would imagine.
2: That definitely surprises yeah, people when I say su- that my daughter's twenty-seven for sure. Um, that okay, so this is a fun fact that one of my first jobs I worked uh, overnight at a gas station in Michigan as a as a night nice. cl- oh I love that as a night clerk at a gas station.
1: And I know that <laughs> God, you're not a night person, so how the heck did you stay awake? We're gonna have to talk about that. <laughs> I Worked there for the- three months. <laughs> And you're like, I can't do this anywhere. It's like me trying to work nights. I think I would be, like, comatose by the morning. But, like, if you were to become an expert in something, what would that be? It oh, could be love anything it. in the world.
2: Food. I love food.
1: Oh. I would love to go to
2: cooking school
1: or culinary it's school. It's not too late, I would babe. love to. Guess what? It's not it's too not, late. It's Chicago not. Art Institute has the best culinary school there you go. in the world. It's Midwest. on my bucket list,
2: man. I feel like I need to do it. I would love to be an expert Let's in all things that. food.
1: Do you want to ask another question about that? So, yeah, what is the best piece of advice that you've given us a lot of advice today? But what's the best piece of advice that someone has given you about kids that you can now look back on with your adult children to be like, that was actually a really good piece of advice?
2: That's the easiest question ever. Anytime I ever went to my mom and said, Amira did this, Noah did this, Mansour was. Just, you know, he was an infant when she passed away, but um, love them.
1: Yes. Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Goosebumps. Because at the end of the day, everything,
2: however you react to your children, should always be out of love. Even when you're the most upset with them, they're extensions of you. And you don't want to hurt them, you want to love them. Every expression should be one of love.
1: I'm Hello. adding that to my I, repertoire. I totally 100 <laughs> percent agree. So even though they're driving me nuts, love them. Love them. They're, they're driving they're you nuts happy. right now, but love them, love them, love them. Because I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you.
2: When they're gone, you are going mm-hmm. to miss. Them.
0: Why are we gonna start uh, crying uh, now at the end? <laughs> I know we made it the whole episode without crying she (laughs) asked a question I know I missed them already and they're not leaving like at the beginning of the week I dropped off my son at public school for the first time in two years (laughs) I bawled so
2: hard
1: and he's all late it. I know. She was like, oh, my God, he's gone. I'm like, he's not gone. He's, I'm like, what time is he coming home? Three. I'm like, okay, he's coming home at three.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be okay. It's like building a lot of anxiety for me. But I everything that you said before this was like really helpful. And it's like, okay, I can I can put away the red button. It is. And just love them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Put away the red oh. button. Just be there, honestly. I mean, so even all of them are here to home with me right now. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of I mean, it's going to be very different this time next year when we don't have somebody under our, our roof, you know, like in in a natural way, like where it's just a given and he's not a visitor. Like, I think that that's going to be yeah. uh, where well, he will be a visitor, I should say. And that's going to be a very awkward, sad it, moment it, it, for me, so- I think.
2: My favorite, one of my favorite movies. Is, oh my um, god, that movie! Inside oh. Out, uh, the uh, cartoon, right? Oh. Pixar. What is it? Watch that? it today. Is is
1: it the one? One? Watch it today. Yes, yeah. anger and joy and yeah. sadness. Oh, cartoon. Inside yeah. Out, the movie. Yeah. Okay, the cartoon. Okay, so I'm picturing. Car- I'm like, I thought that there was movie a cartoon was named. So a-. Yeah, it made me cry line. the entire episode. So
2: I love that movie. And one of the things that I um I think about all the time are yes. Yeah
1: the mm-hmm. islands mm-hmm.
2: that are breaking down, that yes. are crumbling. And as they're crumbling, oh you're, you're, you're devastated. Right. But yeah. you know, the elephant's alert, something else pops up. New islands <laughs> no. form. No uh, way. Bing bong. That breaks my heart. So, and I'll tell you a quick story. So we've been redecorating our house and we've been painting all the walls and filling in all the nicks and scratches and all that kind of stuff. Years ago, um, my son and his friends had a bb gun fight in our house and he lied and Um, and you have the holes. yeah so we had the holes in the wall just a few and my husband redid our bedroom and he filled in the holes (gasps) and it just i was just so sad so the traces of that bb gun fight (laughs) that you know it's gone and then also in my son's room we were washing the walls preparing to paint the room and there was a little handprint Like why did I do that? Oh
1: my gosh! I know. So I know. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Now we're gonna be crying, and everyone's gonna be crying. When you think about
2: those little (laughs) wretched creatures who drive you crazy, yes,
1: yeah. Think
2: about the fact that you're done chasing them. You're done doing flashcards.
1: Yeah. You're done
2: convincing them to eat peas yeah exactly oh my god you're trying to mold them to be wonderful people who show up in the world and that's one of the best gifts I've ever gotten I've never gotten one complaint about my children not one complaint they they yeah. suck with me, sometimes, oh yeah. But they're great with <laughs> yeah. everyone else. I'm like, really, my kids? Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, you're like, what are you talking about? What? You know, yeah, how I many know.
2: times have your kids gone to someone else's house and they took out the trash or they washed the dishes or they like, they, oh, they oh, bathed their so dog polite. or something? I'm like, I'm, just like I'm sorry, what? Like, Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, right? So they're wonderful. They're wonderful, and. um, we just have to. We just have to learn to appreciate their 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 wonderfulness.
1: I have to say, like, I mean, that's the beauty of having the two sets of kids, right? Because you had the oldest, that you had the like. For me, with my younger two, I was so yeah. super hyper focused on being present because I recognized how fast it went, right? So, like, even yesterday, I had so much work to do, and then Zan was like, Aww. "You didn't cuddle me this whole week," and I was like. You're right. I didn't cuddle you this whole week. I can do all this stuff later, and we just cuddled and watched basketball. And as soon as he went back to work, sleep, I was able to go back to work. But I was so present in the moment, and I feel right. like with Zachary and Zara, I didn't have that next opportunity because I was always looking to that, um, the next stage and like survive. Because you're just in this in the trenches that you're like, I can't wait for the night. So I didn't get a chance to enjoy those moments so I definitely feel like as I'm coming to the end of the road with Zachariah like I'm really trying to be present and I feel like that's a really hard thing to do sometimes when you are still in the thick of it but I agree it goes so fast and one day they tell you everything Like, I remember Zachariah would come in every day and be like, you haven't tucked me in yet. You have to come and tuck me in. You have to come and tuck me in. Like, And I remember getting annoyed by it. And then he started even saying, one day, I'm not going to come in here. One day, I'm not. And he does not come in now. You see what I'm saying? So like, uh, and he knew it. And he would tell me, like, (laughs) it was more of emotional blackmail to get me to stop doing what I was doing to do it. But the reality of the situation is like, he would tell me one day, I'm not going to come and ask you to tuck me in, mom. I'm not going to do it. Granted, I was lucky he did it till he was in eighth grade, so I got a big long chuck of it. And sometimes he still sleeps in my Mm -hmm. little nest. I'll see his feet poking out. I'm like, okay. But, you know, it does end. You're supposed to bring us joy. It is is joyous. It is, you know, it is joyful
0: (laughs) to not. Be mothering them directly anymore but doing it afar and observing like the work
2: the new islands well yeah. new islands yeah, exactly. think about the new islands new right? islands that, that form because i i'm very optimistic about the future new islands yeah. are going to form exactly. and they're just going to be so much fun
1: inshallah and on me well thank you so
0: much for today this was awesome and so so helpful and you know we look forward to learning more from you in the future inshallah Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Mommy While Muslim today.
1: Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find
0: the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like
1: it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy While Muslim. as everyone.